Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Though South Louisiana is not without its problems, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in Baton Rouge. From the redevelopment of neighborhoods downtown and mid-city to the young entrepreneurial culture that is fostering startup companies willing to take risks and take advantage of new technologies. Joining me today is one such entrepreneur. His name is Jerry Dreefall, and his company, Kinesics, is a homegrown biotech startup that licenses a software program that analyzes the physical mobility of athletes, workers, and other users, and then gives predictive analytics into their health. In other words, the program is designed to determine whether someone could get injured before it happens, essentially serving as a risk management product. So, Jerry, it's a really cool story. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And with me and Jerry is Dyke Nelson, who is a developer of historic properties with Weinstein Nelson Development, has undertaken several noteworthy projects downtown, including 440 on 3rd, where Kinesics recently opened, and is currently in the process of developing 1509 Government, the long-abandoned former energy site on Government Street that, when Dyke is finished with it, will house apartments, restaurants, retail tenants, and it is hoped be a catalyst for redevelopment in the area between downtown and mid-city that we know now as downtown east. Dyke, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. Out to lunch. And we're going to have plenty to talk about between you two. But Jerry, I want to start with you because you have this biotech startup company that is totally capitalizing on everything hot today. Data, predictive analytics, wellness, biotech. But your background is, is not in business or software development, but actually in sports medicine. And you started out at the LSU Athletics Department and were an exercise physiologist before creating FIT, which is the fitness center out of which Kinesics was developed. How did this all come about and, and what is Kinesics actually? So it all started when you, you tried to fill a need, a void of something that you would want to use, that, that a tool or a product that you'd like to have. And, and so when, when you are working with people like we did in the athletic training setting, you're dealing in a reactive model. You're waiting for people to get broken and waiting for them to get hurt. And then you're trying to fix them as best you can. And so it, we realized that in physical therapy and athletic training, just about anything, um, when you have this reactive model and people are getting injured, it, it takes a while to assess them, evaluate them, to get them a plan and to make sure that you know what you're doing along the way is working, right? No different than an architect with a building. We have to be able to architect a plan for that person based on where they are. Um, one of the problems with that is, is that when you don't have a baseline or anything to go by, you don't really know how they were. And so if we, we have blood work and with blood work, we're able to see, well, this is your trend. This is where you were two years ago. This is where you were a year ago. This is where you were six month, months ago. Our goal is to, to get them back to where they were, if not even better. So, you know, we really saw a need that when someone is discharged from physical therapy, 
um, they, a lot of people didn't have any place to go. And so we desired to create FIT, and FIT was born out of that. It and that's was actually, an acronym that stands for Functional Integrated? Functionally Integrated Training and Therapy. Okay. We functionally integrate um, rehabilitative physical therapy-based exercises into more generalized training exercises that people would do. So in other words, physical therapists and athletic trainers do an amazing job at, at getting people pain-free and, and, and working on the shoulder, the knee, the hip. We then really strove to create a model that, that allowed them to not only take that, that, that new function in that area, that shoulder, ankle, knee, hip, elbow, and then kind of bring it back and reintroduce it back to the rest of the body. So these professionals do a great job of, of getting people pain-free. It's our job to make sure that they stay pain-free and keep them progressing from there. And so that's where FIT came from was a need for when people are discharged from therapy or they, the doctors don't see the need that they don't need physical therapy, but they want to get healthier and become well. They just don't want to get hurt. They, they have a choice. They can do it on their own or they can see a personal trainer. But even when you see a personal trainer, a lot of these certifications and credentials um, really don't give them the background to work with people with certain imbalances and restrictions. So then that's how FIT came about was to do that process. And, and it was from that kinesics was born, and we are going to talk more about kinesics in a minute. But, Dyke, I want to bring you into the conversation because you also wear a couple of hats, and sometimes you're a, a developer of historic properties, and sometimes you're an architect who is maybe working on these historic properties, maybe doing something else. You go back and forth, and, and you started with the architecture and then moved into the development, sort of as Gerald started in the training and, you know, kinesiology and moved into this whole new software business model. Yeah, so what I would say is I'm an architect all the time. I, okay. I, I, I do I do development, which I really enjoy. It's kind of another aspect of, of being creative and design and things of that nature. But, um, yeah, my partner and I, about 11 years ago, started doing some development. We started with a real small building, a 10,000-square-foot building in downtown Baton Rouge, and have progressed. We have roughly a million square feet right now under development or stabilized already and, and hope to grow it even beyond that. And so it's been fun to, to be able to deal with all aspects of design from the um, physical problems, but also the financial problems, which I find fascinating as well. And so the, the two tend to complement each other very much. And I've got a great team that works with me and, and really supports me on uh, both the architecture side and the development side. And, and the great thing about my architecture business is that my staff has a great empathy for developers versus just kind of kind of kind of understand what they do they see it day to day yeah. they see the pains of you know the the stress and the and the risk involved and and we've been really fortunate to be able to uh, be involved in some really fun um, development projects and i'm just having a great time just working through these things. a million square feet is how, how many buildings is that in downtown baton rouge for in downtown baton rouge we own four buildings uh well actually i guess it depends on yeah. The new downtown Baton Rouge, we own six. Wow. Um, and uh, others throughout the country, we have a project in Lafayette, Indiana. We have one in Jackson, Mississippi, um, all, all throughout the region. And those are all historic renovation projects? A majority of them are. We ha we, we've done one or two offshoots, but most of them have been historic renovation. And, and you mentioned the financial problems. I mean, they're inherently tricky. It's not the same thing as building from the ground up. It's it's a it's fascinating, and so so I find it, it challenging to go through all the different capital options with uh, historic tax credits, with CDBG monies, with you know whatever those things are to really put into a project. And we we approach it a little bit differently than a lot of developers, um, and we try to put as much money back into the building so that they're long-term investments. Uh, my partner David and I are both um, have the same goals in mind. We're trying to take care of our kids, and we want to put them through college and things like that. So we're looking for long-term investments that are going to pay 
payoff over time uh, versus trying to squeeze every dollar out of a project, which is uh, really complements what we do on the architecture side because architecture is all about making a great project that's going to be long lasting. And so uh, those two uh, partnered together has been a really great thing for us. And the 440 on third building is the largest of your projects downtown. That was the old Capital One Bank building. Really cool. Building. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the history there. It's the, uh, the it was Hibernia before that, and then even before that, it was another bank. Uh, you know, they got torn down to build that project, and just going through the archaeology of these buildings is just fascinating. I actually have several uh, Hibernia Bank uh, bags, the old you know the old bank bags where they carry the cash. Uh, in my house that we pulled out of the building, I used there was a there was a desk that was in there. I use as my desk now. It's just, um, but it's neat to see all the different things. There was a, a, a room on the on the second floor for VIPs that had. Uh, you know, bulletproof doors, things like that. Um, so when you get into those things, and, and then the also for 440 in particular was fun because we were able to take the old vault, uh, use that as the wine vault now for Matherns and, and really open that up and do some kind of cool things with it. So um, from a financial um, standpoint, it's, it's, a, it's a good, successful project. It's stable and is working well. Uh, from a design standpoint, it's really just a neat thing to be a part of and be able to get that back into commerce. Yeah. So... Gerald, you've moved into 440 on 3rd. You're one of the tenants there, and you're getting ready to open 440 Fitness, which is going to use the Kinesics model. We didn't quite get into how Kinesics grew out of Fit, because Kinesics is actually the software, right? Software that you partnered with SparkHound to develop. That's a local computer company. Right. So, yeah, anytime you you have a model, you you try to standardize the customer's experience, right, and make it scalable. To do that, we had to de- devise a software that would allow us to be able to assess just about anything on the human body um, faster than anybody else. And, and to innovate on that, you, you take the measurements that you've always learned in physical therapy and orthopedics. It's what doctors learn in school, osteopaths, chiropractors, and you create a software with algorithms that really lets them kind of see very rapidly what that person's body is telling you, right? Okay. How it's communicating to them, either through restrictions, imbalances, one shoulder being higher, one foot turning out, tension in their feet or legs or hips, pain. Sure. It's all communication. That's one thing for kinesics. It means movement as communication. So to do that, we had to be able to have a software that translated those measurements and those movements into what we did with that person to standardize this experience over and over again. And so that that then bore kinesics when we realized we had workforce come to us and people we would assess and say, can you do this for our workers? Can you do this for my athletes? Yes, we can. So that we then contacted Sparkhound, Sean Usher, and uh, petitioned them to design the software. And, and so you paid them to do it. I mean, are they partners <laughs> or investors in? No, they are, they're not. So when, okay. we, when we realized we needed the software, right? Um, I, Sean had developed a, a software we, we were using in-house. Okay. And so we knew it had to be a HIPAA-compliant app. It had to be mobile, portable. We had to be able to go on-site with workers, just about anything. And to be able to assess someone and see their restrictions, imbalances, and give them a program should they want it to fix it. Well, um, we were familiar with SparkHound. We knew Sean did quality work, great work, actually. And, and so we seeded an angel round of investing and um, did that and then utilized that to capitalize on developing the software and bringing on staff and getting office space um, in downtown Baton Rouge, which the way we got connected with Dyke was one of his partners actually um, came to fit. Oh, perfect. And, yeah, and kind of serendipitously, 
we were looking for office space, but you, we. You know that he said I didn't go to that. Like <laughs> yeah. I, we were still working on that. We'll, we'll get there when it we'll we'll, 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 It's right yeah, down I'll, the street. I'll, you know, I'm a little nervous about the, where the results are going to show, but we, you know, we'll see. <laughs> no, and so and that so that's a big part of it, right? Um, is is what Dyke just said was when you have people when you have fit demographically. You know, you're, you're, you're dealing with people who, who want to become better, want to become healthier, need a plan, don't know what to do. But the problem with it is in Baton Rouge, because the road systems are still from 1950, <laughs> and it's a, basically a bunch of big hashtags, there's uh-huh. no loops. Someone like Dyke, who works closer to downtown, you know, people only have so many hours in a day. For him to come to fit, it doesn't do any good because it's, it's a 30, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour drive, Right. right? So when we were looking for office space, one of the things that was, was really great was we knew we needed a production studio because we're producing a lot of the education videos, we are producing a lot of the learning videos, the software videos, and in any company nowadays, if you're a quality company, especially like us in health tech and biotech, when you do social media, you're pretty much a media company as well, right? A production sure. company. And so we were looking for something, we couldn't really find anything. We're on the phone with a guy downtown and um, about looking at another little building. And everything in Baton Rouge that's available, right, is, is dentist offices or, or attorneys. You know, and it's just these little offices <laughs> right. and there's nothing. And so our communications director, Christian Daigle, says, we need a dungeon. I need something <laughs> with no light that we can build a production studio, right? Well, there's, there's, there was nothing like that until Dyke's partner, um, we were talking with a real estate guy. And he's, we said, look, we were looking at this building on Lafayette Street. Here's what we need. He says, I don't think that's going to be right for you, but there's another building you might like, but I have to get in touch with the owner. I so happened to look out the window, and there he is on fit, working with one of our oh, trainers. So it was, it was karma. It, it, was. Was, it was. We went down there, and I talked to him, and I said, do you, there's a building you on Lafayette Street. I need a dungeon. And I bet you didn't know well, that you I, all I do want to. I do want to clarify <laughs> that the building is not a dungeon. There no. was an area that we created a dungeon for them, but there was, yeah. No, it was, um, it was perfect. And so what, from the production studio in the offices now, y'all are going to bring this fitness center there. Right, and, and so it was a really neat uh, uh, coming together for us. Uh, and it was fun for me too because I worked doing um, some design, or some uh, production studios in San Francisco when I was there. We worked for a number of tech companies doing li- these little studios, and so I had some of the the background to be able to get in there and, and work something up pretty quickly. Uh, and it was really exciting for us. And the idea of having that complement to our uh, grocery store, office space, and, and and residences by having such a state of the art facility. Um, really we thought was a, such an attractive thing for us to do and so it was a no-brainer that once uh, Jerry was coming into the building that the fitness center made total sense. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Gerald Driefel of Kinesics and Dyke Nelson of Weinstein Nelson Development and DNA Workshop. Dyke, so when this fitness center opens, it will be open to anybody? I mean, or do you have to work, belong to a certain company or live in the building or it's for anybody downtown? Yeah, it, so so certainly there will be a, a slight preference to people that live in the building. Um, but ultimately, other than that, it's open to the public uh, in terms of memberships and things like that. We will have a cap on memberships. We don't want to have the place overrun with people and so that it's uncomfortable for people to come and work out and really get the benefit out of the facility. Um, but we anticipate hopefully having uh, corporate memberships. I know Jerry knows a little bit more about kind of the membership structure, but but um, we really want to have, um, you know, a good sampling of the folks in downtown because it really is a unique facility and can really help to support um, what they're doing in their in their work. And then that was the the biggest thing was for for us, you know, you you had this need downtown, right? And you can't be everything to everyone, sure. right? And so what we had it fit, and as we bore the Kinesic software out of that model, we wanted then to when when Dyke and them talked to us and they said, look, we've got this. 
then we looked at our offices, right? We, we go look at the offices on the second floor and they basically tell us, don't look at the way it is. You got to imagine what we can do for it. Right. And it has been, I mean, you go from, you know, dark wood walls and like he said, lead filled doors and that to you walk up there and we've had people walk up there routinely. Some of our investors, one, one of which is yesterday, walked up and said, I cannot believe this is in Baton Rouge, this office complex. <laughs> I cannot great. believe what I'm looking at, right? It is just, it's so very sleek and modern and open yeah. in the production studio. That's the same thing that, that Dyke and them said was, you know, we want to bring something to the people of, of downtown Baton Rouge, right? So everything you need right next door. Mm-hmm. And, but mm-hmm. to do that and to understand economic growth, that of downtown, you have to provide those services. One thing that, that they want, that, you know, they try to pioneer is, is building downtown, building services for downtown, but building services that have the amenities that people want right. and that they're accustomed to. So when somebody comes to this new fitness center, for instance, and the, the kinesics model means what? They'll come in, they'll be evaluated by your people, take these measurements and plug it into this great software. And then how is it different than just going to a traditional gym or fitness center? So great question. When you go to a normal traditional fitness center, gym, whatever it may be, health club, they basically do an assessment on you if it's a small one, right? And it's a free assessment because free has no value. And, um, and it's Which free. Which means it's no good. Right. right? And, they, and they basically say, oh, here's your body fat or here's your weight. And people say, great, that's why I'm here. I know I'm, I know I'm out of shape or I know I'm fat. <laughs> Thanks for telling me what I already knew. And so from our end, we don't view it that way. From our end, we view it as you have to get healthy to lose weight, not lose weight to become healthy. And for people to get healthy, they have to have a structured program and a plan. It's a business plan for their body. So when they come in, they will be evaluated. And we're not evaluating their weight. We're not evaluating their their muscle. We're not evaluating their height. We're not evaluating their body fat, none of that. We're evaluating how their body works. Mm-hmm. And, and we wanna give that person a plan. We know something that, that like Dyke always says, you know, building that fitness center downtown is so critical because people only have so many hours in a day. And if we can give you back your time, that's a huge value add. And so what we saw was when you come in, you're assessed, evaluated. Here's what's tight. Here's what's weak. Here's what we need, we need to lengthen. Here's what we need to strengthen. And they're giving a program that's an, an app on their phone, just like an, an, an Apple store, that, okay, these are your most severe restrictions. These are your biggest problems. And so when you come in, do these couple stretches and mobilizations, like a business plan for the body, that you're gonna do a couple things that are gonna make the biggest changes. And so it allows the staff there to say, I know you wanna to run on a treadmill at a 10 degree incline. Your body physically can't do that just yet. We'll get you there, but mm-hmm. your body will dictate what you do. And so no matter what their purpose, we provide that plan. So there's no guesswork in right. what they do. Everybody comes in, so like we say with 440, you're investing time in your, in your health, not just spending time on yourself yeah. there. And that's a big difference between randomly doing things and do I know what I'm doing? Am I wasting my time? Is this right? Is that right? Do I stretch this or do that? That's all taken care of. There's and no this guesswork. is scalable. I mean, you're opening 440, you're about to open in the LWCC building. Right. Obviously you have fit. And then there are some places in Texas that are already have licensed your software. Yes, we have one um, LV Wellness in the Woodlands. We have Eclipse in Plano, one going up in Rockwall. We have another one outside of going up in Frisco. And so, yes, like anything else, you have to standardize and scale the user experience, right? We we partner with one of the nation's leading um, medical wellness management firms, Power Wellness, with this facility. They will be managing the staff there, right? Like of that, that particular one. Of that right. one. And, and they're committed to expanding it as well as, you know, Dyke. And so you... What's great is to me, it, it aligns so much because it's about restoration. Mm-hmm. He restores buildings, we restore bodies. That's and great. It, and it all has the same kind of problems, right? 
And, and so, I mean, it's easy to work with a 13-year-old athlete or a 20-year-old athlete or somebody who's in perfect shape, right? They have a, they may have one or two restrictions. It's like easy to build it's a new It's much harder building. to work with, though, right? Yeah, and that's why from what they do, man who I, I get it. Taking care of himself. Yeah, I get it. So it's it's a, it's why we align so much. So many great opportunities for y'all, Dyke, and y'all got in on the on the downtown curve early. Took advantage of the opportunities there. How much more growth opportunities are there downtown for for Weinstein Nelson in particular, but also for others? Um, and, and what do you see? <laughs> Sure, I think that there are still you know abundant opportunities. I mean, there, if you walk by and see all the you know parking lots and surface lots and things like that, those are all opportunities for additional growth. Um, beyond that, we are starting to grow into the east side of uh, downtown and, and the west side of Mid City, so to speak, uh, with additional uh, opportunities that really you know showcase the the cross section of, of Baton Rouge. Right, it's with the coming together of all socioeconomic groups, all racial groups, and all those kind of things in, in a way that's a little bit unique. And so we're really excited about those opportunities as well. But uh, I'd say that we are at the uh, on the downhill side of, um, of developing a downtown. I mean, you know, having seen other areas in the region um, and where they are in their process, you know, mm -hmm. places like Jackson, places like Memphis. I mean, there's a lot of the people that are either on the upslope or have gotten there. Um, and, and Baton Rouge is, is phenomenal in terms of in relationship to other places and I say that objectively because we're, we're looking objectively at other places to invest and um, I think that there's a long way to go and I think it's a very safe investment I think it's going to be a stable investment for a really long time I think a lot of people have misconceptions about a downtown and, 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 and things that are going on um, but as more residential comes online you know we have residential in downtown and we're excited about other residential coming in we don't see it as competition we see it as bringing more people down is there is there enough demand for it I mean absolutely we've, we've got wait, we've got waiting lists I mean it's, do you? it's yeah, do. we've consistently have waiting lists so from, you're full from, from when in we your began. building, oh, yeah. a hundred and something units. It's uh, sixty-five units. Sixty-five units. Yes. Okay. Um, but we're excited for there's another hundred and forty plus unit complex coming online in the next six months. You know, so, so all those things right. in, in providing these kind of services is that, um, you know, this facility can can support all those people, in which I think that, you know, the grocery store obviously was a, um, a, a really important step in that direction. But, um, you know, it's, it's just fun to be a part of and see where it has come because we moved to Baton Rouge um, 16 years ago and where it was there versus where it is now has been incredible. And it's just been really um, uh, flattered and, and excited to be a part of that. And the properties that y'all have out of state, what brought you to Indiana, for instance? Or, I mean, <laughs> well, that was uh, that was my mistake. Um, I uh, I uh, shot off an email. Later. I had gotten a a, a a tip from a guy at Commercial Properties that okay. uh, Lafayette, uh, Louisiana, their mayor was excited about trying to connect the university and downtown and. So I shoot off this email late at night to the mayor of Lafayette. Hey, Mayor of Lafayette, you know, love to talk to you, talk about what's going on. Loop, I get something back immediately, and I was really surprised to get something that late. Um, so it showed me this beautiful building in, in downtown Lafayette, and, and everything said in. Like, yeah, I'm in, you know, whatever. And it turned out it was Lafayette, Indiana. Um, oh. <laughs> but it was, it was a tremendous opportunity. It's a great it's, – it's got a lot of the same bones as Baton Rouge. In terms okay. of it's, a, it's a university town and those kind of things. So it, that's why. And that, that's the only out-of-state one? No, no, we have several out-of-state ones. Uh, that's the most interesting <laughs> story. But, you know, and, and a lot of our, our, our <laughs> projects have come to us through these kind of fortuitous uh, happen, happenings and things like that, and we just have tried to take advantage of things in a, in a 
fairly rapid manner uh, to get on top of it, like like the relationship with Jerry and things like that. And we just have been so blessed to be surrounded by, by such great people that believe in what we're trying to do um, versus the people that told us we were crazy when we invested in the first building in downtown. Uh, and when people told me I was crazy for you know putting my office in Mid-City, I mean, there's all these kind of things, but ultimately there have been a lot more people that have patted us on the back and said we're so proud of you we're so excited about it and it's just you know for me not being from here it's just a really neat thing to be welcomed in this community uh in such a such a great way and and that you know to 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 really feel a part of has been fun for us jerry did people tell you you were crazy to develop this software program absolutely and and so what he said and it, it you know baton rouge is a very strong traditional based town which is a great thing but it, it is it, that's it the is nice a, way of saying that they don't like change yes. or outsiders right? yeah <laughs> exactly and and so nobody you know, does no and, and so it's almost we've learned it's almost what people tell you what you're doing is quote unquote not the norm or you're swimming upstream or it's crazy you kind of know you're you're going in the right direction right but you got to believe that's a great one you, but you got to believe in yourself right and your product and, and just like with with dyke you got to believe that in downtown you got to mm-hmm. believe that you know, it, you know, if 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 you don't if you don't change things and keep st- things keep staying the way they are, right? Then you're never going to innovate. And there's no imagination. If there's no innovation, then then nothing ever changes. And so you need change agents like Dyke that come in, or like us that come in. And that was one of the things when we developed our software. We well, we met with a consultant, and um, and with downtown development. The first thing he asked us was. He is from a strong um, technological background, moved here to help economic development. He said, why are you, why are you, you're in a health tech company, why are you staying in Baton Rouge? And it was one of those things where, for us, it's why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what, it's been so crazy for me, because people ask me that all the time. You were living in San Francisco, why are you in Baton Rouge? What, like, that, you need to change the question. It should be like, we're so excited for you to be here. Tell me about what made you make that choice. Yeah. And just the attitude about that is, is you know, and, and for us, I mean, it's been such a great community because we knew one person when we came here and we've been welcomed, you know, open arm the whole way through. And uh, what I tell people in other places is that unlike other kind of mid-market areas in the South, I mean, Baton Rouge is culturally rich. Um, they have great people. It's and it's entrepreneurial. Um, you know, there are not a lot of borders to what you what you you know ways you have to do. I mean, although there is some traditional thinking, ultimately you can you know set your own path. I mean, it's been it's and been there's, great. There's for not us. a lot of competition. I mean, like some people have said, there's just a wide open field. Really, it is. Yeah, the no, bars the bars set pretty low. It, it, it is, and, and it's one of those things where you know when you look at like Nashville with eighty you know with you know eighty four billion dollars in health tech and healthcare and things like that. You know, it is it is nice to kind of be a a for us we're a small fish in a big pond but we're kind of one of the only fish right <laughs> and and you you just have to have a belief in like i told them in the business report we wanted to recruit lsu talent we wanted to reward lsu kids <laughs> we want to keep them in state we want to be part of the development of downtown and to do that it made common sense for us to be downtown and and experience it Well, good luck to you both. Y'all are doing really cool things in Baton Rouge, pushing the needle forward and bringing about the kind of development and fresh ideas that this community, that any community, needs to thrive and grow. It's been a pleasure to hear your stories on Out to Lunch. Thanks for being here today. My pleasure. My guests today have been Gerald Driefel of Kinesics and Dyke Nelson of Weinstein Nelson Development and DNA Workshop. 
The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos of this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. These photos were taken by Carrie Hosford. You can find more of Carrie's photos at carriehosford.com. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. <laughs>